Welcome back to the epitome of suffering that is, the That's Facts Podcast, with Clamp and Cougar. Yo. Howdy. Oh man, it's time to do the greatest podcast in the world, with uh, the greatest co-host to grace the face of this earth. Um, welcome back to the epitome of suffering that is, the That's Facts Podcast. I'm your host, Cougar Jackson, whatever you want to call me. And with me today, I got my co-host, Clamp. David, whatever you want to call him, and we're back. Um, here to preview some more teams today. Uh, last time we had a lot of fun, and we're gonna have a lot of fun this time. So, uh, Clamp, any opening thoughts that you got? Um, yeah, um, I definitely am excited about a few things. Um, recruiting dead period has been abolished. Awesome um, stuff. And we're already seeing a few effects, mainly down south where the money goes through. But, um, you know, FSU had their midnight madness um, where Mike Norvell had everybody stand outside apparently until midnight um, and then had everyone barge in maskless. That's how, <laughs> that's how that whole thing works, I guess. Um, so congrats oh, to him. Be. Congrats to Florida State for um, having an amazing 2022 class. Maybe they'll go seven and five next year instead of six and six. Um, eh, maybe not. Um, Probably not. But yeah, um, you know, most of the effects aren't going to be happening in the Pac-12 because we're not very good at recruiting over here for Oregon because I don't know. I mean, um, because of um, Nike, um, <laughs> you know, um, man, I'm, I'm being aggressive this morning. I'm sorry. You are being really mean right now. I'm going to calm down and we're going to talk about the Oregon state Beavers, a team that I will be much nicer to. Yeah. I think me and you both need to be a lot nicer to these people because, uh, they didn't do anything to us. I, I, I yeah. mean, like they haven't beat us in a long time and, it just feels like bullying at this point, and it's not necessary. It's not nice. So me and you both, we need to be nicer. And at the uh, end of the day, our people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they have um, – so Oregon State's um, account – or um, 247 account did a little um, countdown here of their best players. They're at 12 right now, or they're at 14 right now with B.J. Baylor. Um, that's a little low for him, I Ooh, feel like. Oh, man. 14? Yeah. They have 13 players better than B.J. Baylor on their roster? They do. I mean, they might be pretty good this year. Maybe. I don't know. Or maybe they just don't like B.J. I don't know what he did, but. Yeah. Oh, jeez. That is low. Um <laughs> I mean, the rest looks pretty pretty um accurate. I mean, Jack Coletto at twenty three coming in, um, good for him. Luke Musgrave at eighteen. Wait, isn't he a, actually a pretty good tight end? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Really? Oh, and then they have Evan Bennett who entered the transfer portal. Good for you, Evan. Get out of there. <laughs> Run while you still can. Um, but let's actually preview their football team. Um. The returning quarterback is going to be 
Tristan Jebbia. It doesn't mean he's going to start, but he is the returning quarterback. Um, and we've got Vidlack of Sam. Um, the true freshman, he was a three-star in the class of 2021. Now, he basically pulled a Sam Heward and enrolled early and played spring ball. And he was all right. He didn't look that good, though. Um, he was there. It's something else. It's something different. This is not Tristan Jebbia. And I think that's a positive. Um, that's true. I'm actually pretty excited for their true freshman class, though. Um, Demir Collins, Easton Mascarenas. And that's about Easton, it. buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Two guys. Two guys we're excited for. But look, Oregon State is one of those teams where it's like, they could be pretty good, or they could be really bad. I don't think there's an in between. Um, I think for them it's like seven and five or four and eight. No yeah. in between. I think I think that's like what they are as a team, and that's not a disrespect to them. I just think realistically, I don't see them coming into some games playing really well and then going into others and not so well. Like it, Oregon State is going to give you themselves as a team consistently throughout the season I think I think from week to week in 2020 you saw who Oregon State was and like when they beat Oregon they absolutely played their best game of the season but nobody particularly played that well besides Jamar Jefferson like they just played a, a very Oregon State game and let Oregon make mistakes and ended up winning and so if you get that team every week, I think that you're looking at a very comfortably bowl-eligible team. Maybe not by record, but by the way that they play, I could realistically see them get in um, pretty safely. But if that's not the team that you're getting, if you're getting the team that played Arizona State at the end of the season, they're, they're borderline last in the Pac-12, or in the Pac-12 North. So, um, Oregon State is very interesting. Um and I'm not, I don't want to say that it's exactly going to come down to quarterback, but it's pretty much going to come down to quarterback. Because um, in terms of talent, they don't have a lot of outliers on the offensive end. So they're going to have to be able to have a quarterback that can make them plays. Um, and Tristan Jebbia is not going to make very many plays. Um, and then you go to the defensive end, they have a very talented linebacker core. Um and I think that they have a pretty underrated defense in general. I don't think it's like the best thing in the world, but I think I think it's um, not half bad. Um, so I think it's really just going to come down to what quarterback play they're going to get. Like Vidlack, but more as a future guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not a guy you really want to start right away. But that's what you're looking at when Tristan Jebbia was probably the worst quarterback in the Pac-12 last year. And by a pretty significant margin, I'd even say Grant Gannell was significantly better than him. Um, he got outplayed by Chase Garbers in a terrible game, but he was very clearly outplayed. Yeah, Chase Garbers didn't even do good at all, but he was terrible, yeah. and he was still very. Jebby was just the worst. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty embarrassing. Um, but let's get let's just dive into their schedule. Um, we don't need to look at their roster. They've got DJ Baylor, Ron Bradford, Avery Roberts, 
I'm a wrestler, nobody. Yeah, they're, they're, this is not like, this is not a disrespectful thing. Like genuinely, this is like the same roster that we've seen from Morgan State over the past two seasons or so. And like the only difference is they don't have um, Jamar Jefferson or uh, Hamilcar Rochette. And um, but I don't think that those two losses are going to be like too heavy on them. They're not going to have somebody they can rely on. 100 plays out of 100 anymore, so that kind of sucks for them. But uh, yeah, I, I think that they'll they'll be straight. I forgot to mention Oregon State does have a top three offensive line. I'd say in the Pac-12. Yeah, I think I think BJ Baylor is going to have some really good numbers next season, man. I think, oh, he, um, I, think I think he's going to have a really some really good numbers because I think they're going to have to rely on him like they did Jamar even though he's not as talented as Jamar I don't think I think he's more than capable any um any running back with a good enough offensive line is capable of putting up crazy numbers so I think BJ Baylor is going to have a pretty good season next year would you say Oregon State's offensive line is better than Oregon's Oregon's is younger I think and so I think it, it's I mean, George like Moore's room. a seven-year senior. He just plays like a true freshman who doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's the worst starting offensive lineman in the Pac-12. He's pretty terrible, but I, I think that Oregon has more room for error. Um, TJ Bass is also so bad. If Oregon's love- only good offensive lineman is Alec is um the Forsyth dude. He's good. Yeah, I, Ryan Walk and TJ Bass are terrible. They're not good at all. Like that's CJ Verdell got stuffed for a two yard gain or got injured every run he took. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Travis Dye was pretty good, but mainly as a receiver too. So I mean, just yeah. Oregon's offensive line was not good. I mean, their tight end DJ Johnson was probably the best blocker on the team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I thought that their offensive line was very overrated early on. I thought they kind of came on later on in the season. So, yeah, I would say Oregon State's is probably better. Yeah. Um, Where would Oregon's rank? I think WSU and Washington. I think those are the top two, honestly. Uh, Um, Yeah, I I don't think it's particularly close, to be honest. I think those are the two. I think Um, it's Washington, then a gap, then Washington State, then another gap between the rest. Utah might be up there. Um, Nick Ford and the rest are nobodies. Yeah, but they do a, a decent enough job, I think. Yeah. Um, Ty Jordan had holes last year. Um, and Jake Bentley was relatively protected, even though he didn't really do bad. anything with it. Yeah, he's just terrible. He made a lot of his own problems for him. Charlie um, Brewer with protection is going to be pretty good. It's going to be fun to see. See, we even said that we weren't going to talk about Utah today, and we ended up talking about them anyway. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's let's look at this freaking schedule. Um. At Purdue, is Purdue good? I don't think they're uh, good. No, I don't. I don't think so. I think Jeff Brom is a good coach. Um. But I don't know about the quarterback situation. I want to say Elijah Sindelar was still starting last year, and he was in college for like twelve years. I don't think that there's any way in hell that he's back. Um. So I don't know anything about that. Um. Purdue is is I think kind of like Oregon State in a way where it's like their fans believe in themselves, um, but everyone else in their respective conference does not believe in them. And 
And since they don't have Rondell Moore, nobody really wants to watch Purdue anymore. <laughs> so, you know. Oh, yeah. Nobody's going to watch this game. No. I don't even think I will. No one's going to watch. Beaver really, Swag will. <laughs> I'll get updates from him. Um, in terms of the prediction, I, I think Oregon State should win, I guess. I don't know. I, I think yeah. I think that should be a game that Oregon State should look to win because Purdue isn't all that great. So, nah. yeah. Yeah, I'm, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm leading with Oregon State, I guess. Um, Hawaii, they need to win. Um, Idaho, they will win. Idaho uh, on the Pac-12 app. <laughs> <laughs> that's so mean, bro. <laughs> We don't even like Oregon State, and we can admit that that's mean. It's so not nice. <laughs> you cannot put somebody on an app, bro. A Power <laughs> 5 team playing on an app. You got 10-minute restric- restrictions to watch Tristan Jebbia play, bro. Um, then USC, they're not beating USC. Uh, Washington, <laughs> they're not beating Washington. At Washington like- State... If they were at home, I would say that they could since they have to go to Pullman. I don't think that they will. But it's not like out of the realm of possibilities. I just I don't see it. Um, then there's yeah, a week. State is the type of game Washington would lose. <sighs> Man, Right I, before is, the bye as well. This Looking is, this forward is a, to that. Bye. This is a tough stretch for Oregon State. USC, Washington, Washington State, a bye, and then Utah. Like, oh my. If you, yeah, if but at least it gets in, easier the next three after that. But then you got to go to Colorado and to Cal. At least you can try. Term- <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so no, you can be, they can beat Cal. They can beat Cal. And they can they, beat Cal. No, they should beat Cal. But just the, the fact that they have to go on the road for both of those games, that's not, a, that's not a good thing. But they do get Washington at home. So, I mean, I, I, mean, I guess that's interesting. Uh, they should go into the bye week 3-3. Three and three. They come off of that. They get Utah 3-4 and four, um, at Cal. Should be 4-4. Four and four. Um, and Colorado, probably four and five. Stanford, th- this is not going to be an exciting game. I will not be watching this game. Um, I can gar- I can guarantee you that right now. You know what? I'm, I'm not even going to predict this game come game week. Um, so four, five, and one? Yeah, four, five, and one. It's another one of those ties um, <laughs> in the Pac-12 season. Four, five, and one. And then we've got Arizona State and at Oregon. Damn. You can't have ties and then have those two games, bro. Yeah, four, seven, and one. <laughs> so even if we give Oregon State that win against Stanford, which is realistically going to be a tie, even if we give them that win, they're only at <laughs> they're only, they're only going to be five and seven, yep. and that's like. <laughs> And that's in between what I said that they were capable of. I said there's no in between between four and eight and seven and five, and they're in between. And I'm not going to allow that to happen. Therefore, they're going to lose to Stanford. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There we go. Fair enough. Four and eight. Cool. Um, moving let's forward. Move to... Who? I said moving forward. Who are we going to do now? Um. Let's go with um Oregon. Then we can do our teams last. All right. The best team in the Pac-12. They run the pack. You know what I they mean? They run the pack. Back to back, baby. 
Yep, four Garrett and three Squid. season. They yes, after predicting a seven and zero season, they Dominate go four and three and pass it up. <laughs> they go four and three and are happy about it after predicting seven wins and not even winning the North. My, my goodness. Not even having a better record than Stanford at the end of the season. Sco Ducks, baby. Um, <laughs> this is talk about their roster. Um, without being mean, uh, offensively, their quarterbacks. <sighs> Oregon fans want you to believe that they're better than they are. More specifically, Anthony Brown. They did this with Tyler Shuck last season. We all know how that went. Yeah, you know, I'd honestly, be- honestly believe them if they didn't do that with Anthony Brown last year. Well, I would, I would probably believe them if Tyler Shuck wasn't so bad. You know, like if he was just decent, like he was bad, like he was not good whatsoever. And then, like, Oregon fans try to bring the excuse, oh, I mean, like you're like, well, Anthony Brown was lost the job to Tyler Shuck, and like, well. Anthony Brown didn't have any experience. Well, you had a brand new offensive coordinator. He had no experience. And Tyler Shuck has never started a game in college. He has no experience. So what the hell is your excuse for Anthony Brown? He's not good. Um, no, didn't look very, didn't look special at all during the spring game either. And so that's the Oregon one time had, I've seen him on TV as like the starter of Oregon. Didn't look that good. He, he didn't, didn't look, look good at good. all. Hey, no. Um, in Oregon. Jay Butterfield looked better than him. Jay Butterfield did look very good. Yeah, Ty Thompson great. didn't, but he's a true freshman. I don't he's care. a true freshman. Yeah, you got to give him a, a longer leash than you would Anthony Brown, who's been in college for twelve years. <laughs> Speaking of in college for twelve years, let's talk about George Moore and their offensive line. Um, um, you're probably looking at starting. Um. And you know what? George Moore might be on the bench because they have a true freshman, Kingsley Suamateatia. Um, That's a funny I tr- name. I didn't get it right. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was a four-star, but literally one player away from being a five-star in the rankings. God, that has to be painful. Um, and... Yeah, he's pretty good, and he might start this year because he looked so much better this spring than George Moore. George Moore this spring basically just got just basically just spent a month of his lifetime getting absolutely crushed by Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, and you know the rest of the Oregon defensive line—you're not really like worried about them. They're just kind of casual run stuffers. But Kayvon, whenever he was lined up against George Moore, it was just a murder every single time. <laughs> And that's Poor Kayvon, George, who I would bro. say is the best edge and maybe even the best player in the Pac-12. Um, yeah, so, probably. Definitely. Yeah. So that's not that bad. Alex Forsyth is pretty good. He was all Pac-12, I think, third team last year, but he's not even the best center in the Pac-12. Um, but he's pretty good. Um, then it's kind of a battle for the other starting spots. Um but oh, TJ Bass will probably get one. Um, Ryan Walk, the former walk-on. Um, he wasn't good. He looked like a walk-on, but they just had no <laughs> options. At, they just had no options at 
left guard, so they, he started. He got offensive lineman of the week, week one against Stanford, and then completely got destroyed. He cost them basically the game against Cal multiple times, just getting bodied by basically anyone Cal sent. Um, so the Oregon offensive line wasn't good. Um, lucky for them, they played USC and not Colorado in the Pac-12 championship because Colorado's defensive front would have ate that line alive. Um, USC's, eh, it'll be better with Corey Foreman, I guess. Um, it, was, it was really just Drake Jackson and a bunch of yeah. nobodies. Nobodies. Nobodies, bro. Um, Get your skills up. Yeah, so I liked uh, um, Oregon's offensive line recruiting class, but they're just not going to start yet. So it's kind of hard to say that that's going to help them much this season. But yeah, give them, the guys give them they a currently game. have are very poor. Um, then at, at tight end, I'm interested in their two freshmen, especially Terrence Ferguson, who's from Colorado, because he's one of those fast tight ends that's over mm-hmm. 6'5". So he's pretty good. Um, then they have Spencer Webb. I've never been a fan of his game. He can make a one-on-one catch, but... It's just not consist- that good. Yeah, a consistent starting tight end. I don't think that that's who he is. I think he's an occasional piece for certain sets. I just don't think that he's good enough to be a consistent starter. That's not a disrespect to him because I do think that he can no. make some big-time plays here and there. Um, but I think that they need to have a little bit more of a reliable option. I would say wide receiver where Oregon separates themselves from the rest of the Pac-12, the mm-hmm. one position. Right. Um, I'm not that as high on Johnny Johnson as some other people are, but I think he's good. He's very good. Um, Jalen Red, I'm really high on because he just makes play after play after play, and he keeps coming at you every single snap. Um, he's very annoying to go against. Um, Mm -hmm. then you've got Devin Williams and Mike Micah Pittman, who I think are the two most talented. Guys that are going to play this year. Devin Williams, I think, is going to be the wide receiver number one um, by the end of the season because just one-on-one, nobody's stopping him. He's got quickness. He's 6'4". He's just good. And his hands are really good as well. Yeah, he he doesn't drop the ball. He's an elite wide receiver. He's really, really, really good. Um, And then they have two freshmen, Troy Franklin and Dante Thornton, I think are going to play a little bit. And Chris Hudson, who's a super freshman meaning three-year freshman. Um, he's going to play a lot. Um, yeah, it's a really good group. Probably the best in Pac-12. Actually, extremely, not even probably. It certainly is. Yeah, yeah extremely deep, extremely talented. Um, they're going to have a lot of options there. But who's going to get them the ball? <laughs> I guess Anthony Brown. Um, secondary is a concern of mine for Oregon, and I think it should be of their fans too, but I don't think they realize it. They, they um, wouldn't admit to it. Yeah. Um, Mikhail Wright, he's good, but he's not a great corner. He's more of just an explosive return man. Um, he's just a good corner. Mm-hmm. Um, got beat a lot in the Pac-12 championship, though, but by Amon Ross St. Brown, to be fair. Um, then they've got Jamal Hill. I like him. I don't like Jamal Hill. He gets lost a lot in coverage. He looks very confused. Um yeah, yeah, I mean, but... I, I think he can improve. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, he's just going to be bad next season. Um, 
there's a few plays in the Stanford game, especially. And of course, it was early in the season, so you definitely have time to improve on that. But he was just lost. Like, Sinmei Fehoko got open a lot. That's right. That I, do remember, I do remember Jamal Hill getting burned. Um, and then their other starting corner is going to be Dante Manning, a freshman, or DJ James. Mm-hmm. I'm not confident in either of those options. Um, and neither should Oregon fans, but they sure are. They think Dante Manning right now can go be a star. Sure, why not? Um, let's say he is. Then you've probably got at least a top six, seven secondary in the Pac-12. Um, but still not great. Um, but and the reason why is because they're probably the worst in the Pac-12 at safety. Probably. Probably, probably. Because you're looking at maybe Jordan Happel starting? Bro, who are you? You're a nobody. He's nobody that guy that got the pick bro. six against UCLA and did nothing else for the entire season. Maybe oh Bennett God. Williams, who would probably be a little bit better and make them not the worst in the Pac-12 at safety. And then there's Verone McKinley, who you're looking at being a leader on the defense? That I don't see it. Like, yeah, that, doesn't, that shouldn't excite you. That's not like... It's not. I don't know. I just don't think that that's like a reliable option back there, man. He's all right. Um, he got a few targeting calls. He... Oregon man. State really took their secondary for granted, or Oregon, I yeah. mean, not Oregon State, because they had. I mean, they were deep, dude. They were deep. Yeah, for how they're not all of the 2019 season, all of the 2020 off season until. You know, COVID happened, and then everyone left, and it was just Nick yeah. Pickett, uh, Verone McKinley, and uh, old dude left, um, Mikel Wright. So, they, I mean, they, they've run out of options, really, in terms yeah. of guys that have made plays and have had time starting and so on and so forth. So that's mm-hmm. a really unfortunate yeah. thing. Defensive line, they've got Brandon Doorless. Obviously, Kayvon Thibodeau, Popo, Amumave. Ugh, I, I see one good player. Kayvon. Rest, rest of those defensive linemen suck. They kind of do, man. I've seen, no produ- I've seen no production from any of those other guys in college football. I guess I got Bray- Braylon Swinson. I like him. He makes a few plays. He plays but he's not that good. Um, Linebacker, they've got Justin Flo, unfortunately. So, so sad. Still playing inside linebacker. Then they've got Noah Sewell, superstar this year. A stud. Absolutely incredible. Um, I think they got that Isaac Slade. Oh, yeah. Slade Makatulia, dude. Yeah, they got him back. He's, He's not bad. But he's not. Nah, nah, great. he's all right. He's pretty good. Um, recruiting class, they got Keith Brown, Brandon Buckner, and Jabril McNeil. Um, Keith Brown is pretty good at inside linebacker. The other two should also 100% be playing edge, but whatever. Um, What's up? With I don't know Oregon why Oregon recruits to be playing inside linebacker, bro. Right. I don't know why Oregon recruits that way. Kicker, they had. Camden Lewis, who might have been the worst kicker in the history of Pac-12 Jesus, football. He was so bad, and we still let him beat us on a game-winning <laughs> kick. All you had to do was not let them get inside the 10, and you win. Oh, man. Um, 
No, but now they have that other dude. Um, Cattleman? Yeah, Henry Cattleman. Um, who actually makes field goals. So, field goal kicker. That, there we go. Nice, Oregon. Right, now so was, that was a good kicker. That was your missing piece for the season. A good kicker. Now the playoff run. Begins. Now, yeah, the play the playoffs are coming. Maybe this is the um, year. So the running back room got worse, in my opinion. Um, the loss of Cyrus Habibi Likio is going to be big. I don't think Oregon fans will admit that either. But that's he was their power back and their only one. Yeah. That I mean, is a very good point. They don't have anybody for short distance gains. So he was six one two ten, right? Something um, like that. Their biggest running back that will play this season, um, it's CJ Verdell. Yeah, I was about to say it has to be Verdell, is it not? Die and Dollars are both a little bit smaller than Verdell. They do have Trey Benson at. About Habibi Likio's size, but is Trey Benson really going to get that many carries this year? He got hurt. I, mean, I wouldn't imagine so because I, I figure, so they they had they used four running backs last season, right? They used Dollars a lot in the championship game. Um, Verdell didn't play later in the season, but he played a bunch earlier on, and then Die yeah. became their running back one, <laughs> and then Likio had some carries, so. Do you think they would use four again, or do you think that they would go with the shorter room? I think room? they'll use four again. I, I I tend to agree. But I would like to see Dollars get more carries because I think he's really talented. I think yes. he's better than I think he's better than Die right now, in my opinion. Um, yeah, yeah. Die on those wheel routes is pretty cheese, though. But we got to get to the schedule because we have been on Oregon for quite some time now. We have. Okay, okay. It's Fresno State. Fresno State, that's a win. Um, they're going to beat them. Ohio State. They're not now, that game. I'm tired of people thinking that this is going to be a close game. If it is, I'm genuinely worried about how good Oregon can be if it's like even close. But if it's close, if it's close, I'll admit to being the like, dead wrong and I'll pick Oregon to win the North if it's close. I yeah, will, like if it's a one score game. Right. Yeah, like I will, I, will, I will completely admit to being dead wrong for. Two years now. I've been saying this for two years. They would get blown out last year. It didn't. It didn't happen. And I'm saying they're going to get blown out this year. And if it doesn't happen, I'm jumping on the Oregon ship. I'll do it. And they play Stony Stony Brook. Whatever. No. no. Um, Who cares? Arizona and Stanford. Oh, man. They'll win both those games. Pac-12 schedule has really bailed them out. They let by get... week before Cal. Cal beat them last year, but I don't think they'll beat them again. On a Friday night? I don't know. I don't know. Cut off a bye. Yeah. That's not fair to Cal. That's so mean. Cal get a bye? Let's see. I don't think so. Cal does have a bye before Oregon. So nice. Okay. It balances out. That's well, maybe that will be a weird game. Two teams off byes? Well, maybe. Then they're at UCLA. UCLA's got a shot there. They do, just because of how well they played last year. They should start Chase Griffin again. <laughs> Give them a better or just chance get a good DTR. Or just get a good DTR game. You can't rely on that. You've got like a 30% chance. But what if he uses those games up? Because look, before Oregon, they've got at Washington and Arizona State. 
And lose I, those games, UCLA. Come on, <laughs> stop selling. Um, Oregon, Oregon should beat at UCLA. They've got Colorado at home. They should win that game. They got at Washington. I don't think that they will win that game, but it's probably going to be Pac-12 game of the year. Um, I'm ex- very excited for it, but I'm going yeah. to lean with the Huskies. And then they've got Washington State. I could keep going on about the narratives and whatnot, about how they can't beat us and so on and so forth. They should beat us, and they probably will beat us. But you know what? Come game week, I'm not going to let Oregon fans bully me into picking them. I'm not going to do it. So come November 13th, I will be picking Washington State, and I'm probably going to be wrong. You know what? I can live with that. I'll pick them with you if you do it on that specs. For sure. Definitely. No doubt. W. Okay, um, at Utah, because we're both no. going to have winning records anyways, so we can throw a game away. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm giving it to Utah, personally. Um, November in Salt Lake? Are you kidding me? That's not going to be close. <laughs> Utah might blow out Oregon. I'm not. No, at the, at the most, they'll win by like... Hold on, hold on. Oh, hold on. Actually, I could see that happening, though. Think about this. Oregon cannot guard tight ends, especially fast ones. Cat and Keithy, bro. Just have Keithy. Just put Justin Flo in coverage against Keithy all game and see what happens. That would be fun to watch. No, it wouldn't. I'm, I guess it would. It'd be nice. Come on. Yes, it would. Keithy would win. But it would, it would be entertaining to watch Justin Flo run some cardio during the game. Um. <laughs> I'm, then I'm, Oregon I'm, State, I've got the beeves. <laughs> I've, got, I've got Oregon. I, last year's Oregon State pick, I purely made it out of anger. I did not think they would win that game. I was purely lucky. I was angry, and I picked Oregon State, and I was right. We have That's Oregon how, at, what, 9-3, and three, both of us? Um, Yeah, just about. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, That's fair. It's very fair. They probably be, they're probably going to get mad at us for doing this podcast, even though we've been pretty nice. We have been relatively nice. We've, we've hey, made I've fun been... of a few positions, but like I think hey, we've been nice for the most part. Hey, yeah, they have holes on their football team. Is that supposed to be an insult? I no, they take everything as an insult, Clam, so probably. Um, <laughs> back to that Utah game for a second. You brought up a really good point. Utah very well could blow up this game, like seriously. Like, yeah, because Oregon's quarterback play is just not there. I mean, come the end of the season, it'll definitely be better than it was against Fresno State. But like, they might lose that game too. Ty <laughs> Jones, bro, the Oregon killer. <laughs> Look, Utah has got a really good defensive game plan. They've got some really good defensive players: Devin Lloyd, um, Clark Phillips. Uh, I hate, look, I'm going to pick Utah because I want Utah to win the South, but they very well could blow out this game. Give them a few stops. I don't see Oregon having any answer defensively in terms of what they're going to be able to do against Keithy um, in a really solid run game I think that they're going to have. Yeah, honestly. Right now, I'm like, I'm thinking like 34-20 Utah. And Oregon is going to lose a game that they shouldn't as well. If I'm going off of games that they shouldn't lose, 
UCLA is just such yeah. UCLA, yeah, UCLA and Colorado right back to back is like glaring to me in terms of who am I gonna pick for a game that Oregon shouldn't lose but will. Um, it'll be one of those two, I think. And there's always the st- at Stanford game, which can always be annoying. Yeah, and, and then like also with that, I can see Oregon blowing out Utah because like Utah, there's still like a lot of question marks on their team, but uh, who knows. This Oregon team is going to be fun to watch. They're going to be terrible. Every good. They're going to be really bad. But Oregon is a really interesting team, man. Okay, let's move on. Let's move forward. Oh, uh, which Washington team? Uh, we can do. We can do Washington State first. We typically finish with Washington State anyway, so we can we can do that. Washington State. Yeah. Okay. So. We've got Jarrett Garantano and Jaden Delora. Who do you think takes the first snap against Utah State? First snap against Utah State. Jaden Delora. I I so badly want to say Jarrett Garantano for the sake of he had like a, a crazy summer and like just beat out everybody. Um, and I would still love to see that happen because that means that he was very clearly our best quarterback. Um, but I, I, I just don't see Nick Rolovich going away from his guy, man. Um, I just, I just, I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. I, I think that Delara is the most talented in that quarterback room. Um, he doesn't have the most experience, and he may make a lot of young mistakes, but he is the most talented in that quarterback room. And I don't think it's particularly debatable. Um, so if he can develop in terms of his decision making and in terms of being able to measure how hard he's throwing the football, <laughs> which is something that he does a lot, um, I mean, he can be really good, man. He can be really, really good. Yeah. So come kick off against Utah State. I think that. Nick Rolovich is going to do one of those things where he doesn't announce the starting quarterback until like five minutes before game time. Um, and I think it's going to end up being Shaden Delar. But I can also see a situation where it's both of them to start the season and then one of them just has an ex- exponentially better one game and ends up being the guy the rest of the way. Um, but if I had to make a pick right now, it would be Delara. All right. Team, we've talked about it a thousand times. No Max Borgie. We know Travel Harris. We know Renard Bell. We know a, really, a, a really talented offense. A great offensive line. Top two in the conference. A really good wide receiver group with a, a couple more additions and CJ Moore and um, Lincoln Victor. I think are going to be really important players for us in terms of extending the ball downfield. Um is, and I think Victor can be a really good piece for the red zone. And then, um, yeah, man, I think our offense is definitely going to be up there in terms of best in the Pac-12. I don't think it will be, like, far and away the best, but I think it should be definitely up there towards the top just because we have way too much talent to not be. Um, and I think that we have the luxury of saying whoever starts at quarterback it's going to be pretty good, I think, because this is a pretty competitive quarterback room. So I think whoever comes out of it is going to be. It's going to be pretty good. Um, and the defensively, 
I've made some jokes about our secondary before, but I do think it'll be better. Um, Jalen Watson, one of the best quarterbacks, in, or excuse me, cornerbacks in the country. Uh, we got Chris Jackson from Michigan State, who I think is going to be really good. I think I'm going to put I'm going to put all chips in on Armani Marsh again. I do think that he's going to have a good season. I did this last offseason, and he kind of let me down here and there. But I do think that he's going to be really, really good next season. Um, George Hicks is is there. Um, <laughs> Derek Langford, I think, is going to be better. I think he's going to improve. I was excited to see him last year, and he hurt my feelings. Kind of like a lot did in 2020. But I think that he will be better. And so I definitely think our secondary is going to be improved. The only hole that we have is that safety. Looting, losing a nectar really hurts in terms of our chances there. Um, but Hunter Escoria has seemed to be, Escoria, however you say it, um, has seemed to be the guy to take over there for whatever it's worth. Um, and we just like, got that dude from Old Dominion yesterday, um, or the other day, I can't remember, um, who I think is going to be another one of those guys for depth. He was an all CUSA player in his time, so we got another talented piece in, at the secondary. That makes me feel a lot better about our defense. Um, I think Daniel Isom is going to have a big year for us. Um, so I'm actually in a, in a little bit, in a, in a way, excited for our secondary. Uh, we move into the linebacker core. Jihad Woods, Justice Rogers, and Travian Brown, a really talented trio. Really, really talented. we got Ben Wilson um, kind of backing them up. Um, that's another one of those outside guys. I think he's going to be really important for our defense um, in terms of his ability to set the edge and, 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 and be able to get guys moving back towards the inside. Um, he kind of sucked at that in the spring game, but that's okay. It'll, it'll take some time. <laughs> and then we move to our defensive line. We got Brennan Jackson, who I think is going to have an all-pack 12 season. He is excellent. Um, we've got Quinn um, Roth who was a walk-on last year and came off the bench against USC and absolutely dominated, who I think I think he should get a lot more playing time. Um, we got Amir Crowder, who I think is going to be very good as well. I'm, I am excited for our defense, which is something that I haven't said since 2018. So that kind of gives me hope and confidence going into 2021. I might have forgotten a few guys, but that's okay. I'll remember. I, I didn't forget about y'all. I love you all. But I think this is a talented team in general. Agreed. Now, getting into their schedule, I think they've got two wins right away. I agree. I think it's three. Portland State busted our ass in 2015, I want to say it was. <laughs> Such a bad loss. But yeah, we should be 2-0. Um, and the USC, you said 3-0. and No. Yeah. No, I look. Hey, every single time I've predicted an upset for Washington State, I have seen a realistic path in which we could win said game. Against Oregon, I saw us do it four straight years. Against um, Utah, I've seen us do it. I want to say three straight times before 2019, and then that game was so bad. And then we were up 28 to seven at one point in that game. So we still should have won that game. Against Oregon, we were up by multiple possessions in that game. We still should have won that game. Against USC, I, there was not a minute in that game where I thought, we have a chance. After the first drive, it was over. 
We didn't have Jalen Watson, so we didn't have anybody in, to lock up anybody on but USC's now you do. offense. Now we probably will. We probably will. But I thought he was healthy for the season. I don't know what happened. He, he just didn't play. So hopefully we do. But how much of a difference is that going to make? Our offense was terrible against USC. I think their defense is taking a step back. But it's still going to be a pretty talented group in terms of what they have. Um, I just think Washington State's offense got in their own way too much last year. If they manage not to do that this year, they're going to win that game. I mean, there's no Amon Ross St. Brown to just completely say, this is my game. Can Drake London do that against you guys? Nah, I don't think so. He Maybe. was good, but he didn't like dominate. Eh, okay, you've got a point. Uh, I'm going to St. Brown had four touchdowns. I had all four of the, of the touchdowns. Because you guys didn't have a CB1 to guard their wide receiver one, so you kept going to their wide receiver one. Now you have a CB1 to go against their worst wide receiver one. So that mismatch is completely out of the, out the window now. So you're looking at Keaton Slovis. Well, you're, look, you're looking at a, a 28 point swing essentially, but <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't want to have faith because when I have faith, it's all crushed. So I'm gonna say neutral and say that USC will win this game. But I disagree. But damn, it's intriguing. You brought up some really good points. I think I think it's gonna be a shootout. I think it'll be like. 48 to 45 USC, and it's going to be a, uh, a turnover difference. Do you think that's a fair prediction? Possibly. One, mis- one mistake from our offense costs us the game. That could happen, yeah. I don't think Keenan Slovis is going to lose. Yeah, I agree. I don't think Keenan Slovis is going to be perfect, but I feel like he's going to make um, enough mistakes to open up a window for us. But we counter those mistakes back and end up losing that game against Utah. I agree. I don't think we'll win, but I do think it'll be fun to see how we answer back going to Rice Eccles Stadium. I feel like that game is going to we're gonna make that game a lot more personal than it should be. Um Well the Jedfish strat. Yeah, it's personal. You know what? I don't particularly mind that because that loss was really bad and we have to find some way to um I guess repay that. So that will be an exciting game. I think we have a chance, but I don't think we'll win. Two and two against Cal, we will win that game. And then we've got Oregon State. We sh- we will win that game. I'm not going to say shit. We will win that game. We don't win at Cal. We haven't won this since 2013, but I still have faith. I have faith because Cal sucks at everything. <laughs> They're terrible. So we're winning that game. Against Oregon State, we're winning that game. I have nothing to say. We're winning that game. We don't lose to them. Against Stanford, we don't lose to them. We're winning that game. Against BYU, nobody loses to BYU. We're winning that game. I don't think anybody has ever lost to BYU. Nobody's lost to BYU. It doesn't happen. And then we've got Arizona State. So we're we're feeling good. We've just won. um, It looks like it it should be a little uh, four-game win streak going into Arizona State. We're not winning that game because we just (laughs) played – we just played seven straight games without a bye week, so we're beat the fuck up. But we're going to beat Arizona State. We're going to beat Arizona State. We're going to no, go to not. Tempe, and we're going to beat Arizona State. We're nope. feeling good. We're riding high. We, 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 we've just gone on a four-game win streak, and Arizona State is coming off a bye, so never mind. We're losing against Arizona State. And then we get a bye, and at Oregon, 
We're beating Oregon. I don't care. We're beating Oregon. I said that we would lose to them in Oregon's prediction, but I'm feeling good. <laughs> I'm feeling I'm feeling cocky. I'm feeling confident. Oregon's Oregon's going seven and five. <laughs> we're be, we're beating them in Eugene. What's up? Oregon's What's going up? four and four. <laughs> What's up? Uh, no, for real. We we're probably losing to Oregon. <laughs> and then Arizona, we will we'll score sixty nine on them again, and then we'll lose to Washington. Woo! Let's go, baby. So at the end of the season, we're looking at one, two, three, four, five losses, seven and five. That's a good ass season. That is a good season. Facts. What bowl does season. that put you in? Like, probably puts us in like the uh... LA bowl. Maybe, possibly. Actually, Oregon State might be in the LA bowl. <laughs> Over us? No, not 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 when we whoop their. So ass. the LA bowl is the worst Pac-12. Bowl eligible team. That that's the worst one. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we're not going to be in the LA Bowl. Oh, okay, good. We might be in the Red Red Box Bowl. Is that still a thing? Is that is that still around? I don't know. I think they got rid of that. They Maybe did. The Cheez It Bowl. Oh God, no. Oh shit! Oh no! <laughs> oh God, no! I heard the terror in that. that oh no! I don't. Yeah, I don't want to play in that game. 2019 scars me forever. That was the worst game I've ever watched Washington State play. And there was an even worse. No, Cal TCU completely. No, oh my God, bro, that was so bad. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say Red Box Bowl. If that's still a thing, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it is, but I hope. Um, and then if, so I'm gonna say seven and five. And then looking back at our schedule, I see. Two losses that I said we would have that we could definitely win against USC and Utah. Um, so yeah, I'm feeling confident with that seven and five prediction, and I could definitely see it going up. I mean, I could also definitely see it going down, but I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling good. All right, it's time. It is time for the clamp god to gas up Washington for the inevitable eight and four season. Let's go. Um, Let's go. Let's ride, baby. At quarterback, we got three stellar op not two stellar options: Sam Hubert and Tillman Morris. Um, Poor Patrick, bro. Um, two relatively inexperienced guys. A combined four games played between the two of them. Five, if you count the spring game. There we um, go. That's what I'm talking about. Dylan Morris is my starter. I'm not changing from that. Not until I see inevitably Patrick O'Brien take the first snaps. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, the tall, tall white number ten. <laughs> oh God, he's Jacob. He's... Oh no, Jacob, bro. Um, your contract. <laughs> um, no. Um. Jimmy Lake's legacy completely relies on who he starts at quarterback this year. If it is Patrick O'Brien, his legacy is shot. I will never like Jimmy Lake again. It's All the DBs bro. he's put in the league won't be enough to make up for what he's done in recruiting and starting Patrick O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> the recruiting, I can barely get over, bro. But if he does stupid on-field stuff too, then I'm done with him. Already break up with Jimmy Lake if he starts Patrick. Yeah, divor- it's divorce season. <laughs> like it's fire Jimmy Lake through twenty twenty after twenty twenty two. Oh, no, bro. Um, like don't even let him pl- play out the last year of his deal. 
2023. I'm so glad he's on a three-year deal. Um, Mike Hopkins being locked in until 2025 makes me feel like I'm in abs. I'm in Alcatraz. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I am chained down to the worst coach in the Pac-12 in college in college basketball hell for at least five more seasons. Oh man. I mean, we could at least um, fire him after 2023, but that's still three more seasons <laughs> and a and a buyout to where we can't get a good new coach. Oh my! Goodness. We'd have to probably promote in house. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to hire you, bro. You're gonna be Mike Hopkins' replacement. Well, then we're winning the Pac-12, but true. Um, but yeah, Dylan Morse is the quarterback. That's what I that's the point I was making that whole time. Um, okay. um <laughs> Jesus. Um at running back, we've got shit, I made a bunch of posts for this. Why am I not looking at that? <laughs> um, we've got Sam Adams. Wait, why'd I say him first? We've got Richard Newton, um, Cam Davis. Those are the top two guys. Um, what do you think about that one-two punch right there? Poor Sean McGrew. I think it's good. I think he's very talented. I think Richard Newton. You you've hyped me up on Richard Newton more than probably I was before. You seem to like him. Well, so the I, thing with me with Richard Newton is, you know, I'm telling the truth because I said the complete opposite last year. You did. You did not believe in Richard Newton last year. So okay, that makes sense. I'll, I'll, I'll trust Richard Newton to be a pretty good run, a very good running back in the back 12 next season. Um, in terms of Cam Davis, you've been hyping him up for a while now, Clint. You have. Um, and, I'm, and I brought in and I bought into it last year. I trusted you. I had faith. And he kind of disappointed me. He didn't get enough touches. But I don't think that he will either this year. So I'm not going to trust Cam Davis, but I will buy stock in Richard Newton. I'm excited to see how he improves. And in terms of where it ranks, in terms of one-two punches in the Pac-12, I'd say like six or something like that, somewhere in that range. Yeah. Um, it could be better. It could be worse. We got John McGrew and Kamari Pleasant for the 18th straight year. Hey, I like both of them, but like they're just not exciting anymore, bro. Like Richard Newton and Sean, and oh, not Sean McGrew. Richard Newton and Cam Davis. It's like. Yeah. Yeah, that's where it's at, baby. Like, like I get hyped when I even see them on the field, and then they miss block the pass protection and now uh, contract and get too many carries on them. Um, no, that's the issue, bro. They can't protect at all. Rick Newton nor Davis can block. They're just good runners. They don't um, do the, they don't do Kamari the small things. And McGrew are great blockers. Um, oh, man, you got McGrew do the is probably stuff. the best blitz p- pickupper in the Pac-12. Which is kind of a weird thing to be good at, but it's just he's really good at it. Uh, then we have Jack Westover at fullback. Good for him. And then we've got um, Terrell Bynum at receiver, number one. Um, he's pretty good. I um, like Terrell. He's a great guy. Really good, dude. How much better can he get from what he's been? I, I don't think know. we've seen his peak yet. I think COVID took a lot away from him. Yeah, he um, did have COVID. Um, so I he was kind of he was a step slow. Maybe he's gonna be really good this year. Said he's been working on his flexibility and his um. So if he's able to get those higher reach catches, that would be big because he's really only been like a 
if you get it to his chest, he'll catch it guy mm-hmm. so far in his career. But if he improves that flexibility, he's able to reach, make some tough catches, that would be go a long way for our team. Then we have think- the talented but not productive duo of Romo Dunze and Jalen <laughs> McMillan. The very interesting <laughs> Romo Dunze and Jalen McMillan. Um, oh, man. Is these two though? could be the best receiving duo in the Pac-12 they, they really by could. 2022. They yeah. are incredible. They're both over 6'2", I think, and they're both 4'4". Four, four well, I think Rome's like a 4'3'8 guy. Um, they're both extremely fast and extremely big. So <laughs> they have every tool to be insane, but they have not done anything. Now Rome against Stanford. <laughs> I'll give it to Rome. He got one start. He got we got one game where he actually got to play, and he had six catches for seventy eight yards. That ain't bad. That's called um, production, baby. We yeah. love that. Jalen McMillan, bro. He got good playing time every game, and just Jalen, bro. He dropped Running a lot of passes. Cardio out here. Yeah, he ran cardio and dropped the ball. To be fair. It takes you a while to get some connection with your quarterback when you're both young guys. So I'll give him a pass on that. Yeah, he gets one more year. Um before before he becomes a that's he becomes a Johnny Wilson. No, um, no, bro. A that's facts legend. Oh my god. A that's facts legend <laughs> is a terrible thing to it be. It is a terrible thing to be. I um, would hurt myself if I was a that's facts legend. <laughs> um, and then you've got K. Dot and at tight end, along with like Mark Rickman and Quentin Moore, I guess. Best um, in the Pac-12. K. Otten is the best in the Pac-12. Is it the best tight end room in the Pac-12? Yes, it is actually. Yeah, that's maybe. Probably, yeah, it's, I guess so. Offensive line. Jackson Kirkland, probably yeah, maybe the second best left tackle in the Pac-12. You're looking at you're looking at a little competition there, mm-hmm. but I think he's the best. Okay, but I think objectively, I think he's the second best. But I'm gonna go with he's the best because fuck that. I mean, um, we're, yeah, we're talking about Washington. You might as well say he's the best. Then we got Nate Kalepo or MJ Ali. Probably MJ Ali. Yeah, I wanted Probably to see Kalepo because he's the better pass pass protector. But MJ is a road grader. He's like 360 pounds and he blocks people. Then we've got Luke Wattenberg. The center. Luke. He's very good. Then we've got Henry Bainavalu, who is better than Luke Wattenberg this year. Yeah. Nice. Great. Ovsky um, still Oof. doesn't agree with me on that, but I... I don't think I agree with you either, but I don't think it's like an outrageous take. Um, that offensive line is so good, it doesn't really matter who's the best or who's better than whoever. It's still going to be an extremely talented Then we got so. Vic Kern at right tackle. He's pretty good. Vic, all Pac-12. Just a casual all Pac-12 third team player, though. Oh, my God, Vic. Must be trash. Thanks, Joe. Um, that's the offense. It's a really weird offense. Um, talented, but, like, will they be all that good? <laughs> I Maybe. think so. I think they'll be pretty good. I um, they'll be um, above average. Yeah, above average. But I don't think it's going to be like mind blowing. Can be a top three offense in the Pac-12 week. It is peak. Yeah, I would agree. 
I want to say yards wise would be, but like efficiency wise, just getting the ball down the field. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Um, now defensively, I think this is by far the best defense in the Pac-12. I would agree. Um, defensive line, ZTF got hurt. That sucks. That's, That's bad. painful. That's awful. But J- Jeremiah Martin, Braylon Trice, and Ryan Bowman are going to be fine on that at that position. Braylon I'd better even... than Joe Tryon Trice. Braylon better than Joe Tryon Trice. <laughs> That's right. Um, you know the last. Okay, said would be better than somebody else when he said Vita Vea would be better than Danny Shaw. Interesting. When yeah. Vita Vea was a freshman. Vita Vea is now uh, possibly the best defensive Oh, well, not the best defensive tackle in the NFL, but up there in the top 10, I would say. Probably the best run stopping defensive tackle in the, in the NFL. Probably. Yeah. Maybe top five in total. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. got Aaron Donald. Grady um, Jarrett, Tom. Mm-hmm. Grady the Goat, Hood Legend. And the rest are nobodies. The rest are kind of nobodies, bro. Um, yeah. So Vita Vea, top three defensive tackle in the league. Nice. There we go. Um, so yeah. Um, when Akaika Malo speaks, I, I tend to listen at least when he speaks like that. At least that was that took me by surprise when he said that. I was like Braylon Trice, really? Um, I knew Braylon Trice was. Pretty good. I liked him, but wow, that was big talk. So we'll see what happens yeah. with that. And then we've got Tuli and Taki at defensive tackle. Utele and Jacob Bands. They were um, disappointing last year, but they can be a lot better. Tuli wasn't disappointing. He was just injured. And but, but it was Taki that was like, ah, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he just didn't get any production. Um, yeah. he was kind of like me working in the produce section. No production. <laughs> just no production, bro. That's your only um, job and you can't even yeah. do it. Then we've got at linebacker, middle inside linebacker. I just did a post on this. Jackson Sermon and Eddie Ulafoscio. Yeah, Eddie excites me. Oh, Jackson no. Sermon doesn't. <laughs> Jackson Sermon is interesting. Jackson he did Sermon good this a, spring. I'm giving him one more chance, bro. One more chance. He's a that Spacks legend right now, though. He can't get away from that. He can't. Escape he can. That. He can escape that. No, he can't. With a good season. We have too many episodes bashing Jackson Sermon for him to fight his way out of this hole. I'm giving him one more chance. I'm not. He's stuck. He's, he's a legend, but he's not a first. Ba- but he's not a Hall of Famer yet. No, he's a Hall of Famer in my no. eyes. He, he has his burst in the middle of the hallway. No, 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 no. You have to graduate to be a Hall of Famer. Like when DTR graduates this year, he'll be a Hall of Famer. Okay, all right, that's fair. you have to graduate to be a Hall of Famer though. Got it. Um, like Johnny Wilson, he's a legend, but not a Hall of Famer. Okay, that's they're fair. all at the Aaron Rodgers stage right now. Gotcha. Um, so Jackson Sermon, he has one more chance to not become a Hall of Famer. Um, Eddie Ulafoscio, he's really good. He's really he's, talented. Um, I wonder if the one and two inside linebackers in the Pac-12 this year will be Jihad Woods and Eddie Ulafoscio. Nate Landman, obviously, last year was better. Um, but he's injured. But, but he got. But he's coming off an injury, and and then there's Noah Sewell. I think he's still one more year away from being the best. Oh. I think he's the most talented, but I agree. 
Yeah, um, I, I can agree with that assessment. Um, and I think Eddie is very, very talented um, because he's so fast. And he is strong enough to at least never miss tackles. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know how much stronger he needs to be. He doesn't have to be just in flow for clap. Um Then the secondary, my favorite unit of the defense. We've got Trent McDuffie, Kyler Gordon, Buki at corner. Buki in the slot. Brendan. Um, Brendan. Um, and then somebody that's going to play a lot, Cameron Fabuclanen, because he's like the other slot corner. So in the dime, when you have two slot corners, you kind of play Cam. So Cam, nice. Um, so, yeah, he's been really good this spring. People have actually said him and Buki has been a battle this spring. Interesting. Uh, kind of thought Buki kind of just had it, you know, but mm-hmm. no, it's actually been a competitive battle. Which, Which is, is good. good. Which, yeah, I say that's a really good thing. Because Buki's been good this spring, and so is Cam. Um, <clears throat> and then a safety, hopefully, please start Dom Hampton. Good. <laughs> if we don't start <laughs> Dom Hampton. He was so good all spring. Actually guarded um, Kate Otten relatively well multiple times. Of course, he Dom was the defender when Cade made that diving off a tip catch, but that was good defense. Um, right. Um it was just a lucky catch. It was just luck, pure luck. That was not luck. That was a great catch. <laughs> it was just greatness. Um, that was good coverage, though. Dom's a pretty good cover safety against tight ends, but he could be an end um, And then for the deep safety, I want Cam Williams. It might be Asa Turner. Um, <laughs> and didn't really play in the spring game. If he did... And cardio, and I didn't see him. He was <laughs> running around out there. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him running around. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> uh, no, terrible. And Alex Cook is the worst player on the team. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Alex Cook hasn't made enough embarrassing moments for him to be a legend or a. I don't know. That catch against that, that, that given up touchdown against um, Thompson from Utah has to be the worst. Has to be the worst <sighs> play of Washington. The simple corner route had Alex Cook looking in the backfield as he We might need to test his legacy in, in a few weeks. We might need to reevaluate his uh legend his, status. His future, yeah, his legend status. Yeah, um no. Alex, um, so hopefully he's not the deep safety. Group. Um, this defense could give it this. The coaching staff honestly could give the defense more holes than it needs to have. Um, it already does by starting Jackson Sermon over Daniel Hemu. Um, but and if it also Calvary starts, Al- leave, if it bro. also has Alex Cook and Asa Turner as the safeties again, um, then it's just giving itself holes that it doesn't need to have. Um, so if we do that, that would be pretty embarrassing. Um, let's get into the schedule. Shout out to Peyton Henry and Race Porter. Um, we start with Montana. We'll win that game. We then have Michigan. I still think we're going to lose this game. ABC, Clamp is being a, a hater to his own team. Look, Oregon is not beating Ohio State. Therefore, it is your duty to save the Pac-12's legacy. It's a prime-time game. It's probably the most 
important game of week two. You can't lose That's, this game. You're right. My Washington Huskies will go to Ann Arbor, and we will win the game. Talk to him. There we go. 17 to 10, Washington wins that game. 24 to 16, Washington wins that game. Then we head home in our victorious state and take down Arkansas State. There we go. Then we take our talents to the Cal Golden Bears, who have beaten us the past two times we've played. But this time, not the same. 49 to 6, Washington wins. Then we go to Research Stadium, where Jacob Eason almost single handedly lost us the game. (laughs) But not no more Jacob Eason. We will win 45 to (laughs) 0. Then a bye week. Good. Then UCLA, we will win 38 to 28. They will give our defense problems. DTR, bro. DTR will have four touchdowns and six <laughs> interceptions. <laughs> then we're at Arizona. We will win 56 to 12. <laughs> then we are at, at Stanford. We have not won there since 2007 under the great Tyrone Willingham. <laughs> but this time is different. We will win. 21 to 17. Okay. Then against Oregon, it will be a bloodbath. It will be the greatest game the Pac 12 has ever seen. Ever? Yes. Okay. But Washington, behind a game winning pick six by who do I like most? Asa Turner. On a game-winning pick six by Jackson Sermon. (laughs) On a game-winning pick six by Jeremiah Martin off a tip at the line. Oh, my God, yes. Washington will win 27 to 20. There's going to be an iconic picture of Anthony Brown falling, trying to tackle Jeremiah uh, Martin as he crosses the end zone. That's going to be a great picture. Then... We are against Arizona State. Washington will fall. First loss of the season. 21 to 6. Wow. Coming off of an emotional emotional game against Oregon. I could see you falling, but I wouldn't see you putting up six points. That's a pathetic effort. Okay, okay. Two touchdowns. And a safety. <laughs> then at Colorado, wiping the battle scars of our tough loss to the scum devils, we will win 35 to 20. Okay. Then against the Cougars, we have won this game for seven straight matchups. That will continue, but not as easily. Damn. 34. To 21. That's reasonable. Washington, okay. then in the Pac 12 championship, we rematch against the dreaded ASU scum devil. But this time, to no avail for Jaden Daniels. 28 to 0. Washington wins. Oh, wow. Pac-12. A shutout. Okay. 
We will not be happy. It will be personal. Oh, it's personal. Taking and the clam fish god the will be in the you. stands. Okay, nice. Jetfish Strat works once again. <laughs> Washington goes to the college football playoff as a fourth okay. and takes on the number one. Who do I think is going to be number one? Oklahoma Sooners. Okay. And wins 34 oh, to 31. Bookie okay. Radley Hiles gets a game winning interception against his former team. And then in the national championship, we will play number two Alabama and lose 35 to 13. Damn. That was an exciting story with a painful ending. Yeah. But a realistic end. <laughs> well, not really. Real- like, we're not going to the national championship. But, no. you know, that, I, think, I think our peak is probably doing that. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I mean, if we get to play Oklahoma in the playoffs, I'd feel pretty good about it, actually. Yeah, for yeah, like being would, in the playoff. That would I mean, be I think awesome. lose, like realistically. Yeah, yeah, probably. But, that but was our a good second story. was pretty good. That was an amazing writing, um, and you got an amazing team. So I don't think that that was like completely unrealistic. I see you winning all the way until Arizona State. I think I agree with you, Clamp. Then at Colorado. Yeah, I don't want to be fucking like 8 0 and lose to the fucking Arizona State. Or like. T- but Jaden Daniels, bro. Come on. You can let it slide for Jaden. No, I can't. We'd be 9 0. I want to go undefeated for that good. It's unfortunate. No, 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 no. no, no. Real, prediction, I... real prediction 10 and 2. Rose Bowl win. Okay. Real because prediction. Ohio- Ohio State, please make the playoff, bro. We need Rose Bowl wins here in the Pac-12. Ohio State. Ohio please. State. Please make the playoff, Ohio State. Or just so, don't make the Rose Bowl in general. Yeah, there we go. Just don't make the Rose Bowl. Look, I see Washington going 11-1. and um, They'll drop one to either Arizona State or Colorado. I'll say Colorado, though, um, for the sake of being different. And in Owen, we lose to fucking Colorado. Yeah. A pain, a painful loss. But then you'll uh, beat us in a pretty close game, and then you'll blow out Utah in the conference championship, and it's going to be a happy season. No, I won't be happy if, we, if we're that good and lose to Colorado. If we're 10-0 and and lose to Colorado. I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't be happy about it. It would be a good yeah. season, but just that's so painful. I'd rather lose early. That's all I'm saying. I'd rather lose to Michigan than anyone else. That okay, that's that's valid. I get that. That's fair. All right, we we did that. You ready to answer some questions? Yeah, I probably got a few. I got a few. You can start with mine while you go and pull yours up. Okay. Cool. Uh, first from Logan Parrish, he asks, "Most underrated player in each side of the pack?" Um, I would imagine each division. I think yeah. is, the, is the question. And most underrated, I'll probably go with uh, for the North. I'll go with uh, who do I want to go with? Selfishly, I kind of want to go with Dion McIntosh. People kind of ignore how good he was uh, filling in for Max Borgie. Like he was really good in those first couple of games between Oregon State and Oregon, respectively. Um. And people have just kind of shrugged him off and said, well, Max Borgie is way better. Which I mean, I think he's probably an overall better player, but I think Deion McIntosh is a better runner in terms of pure running back skill than Max Borgie. So I'm going to selfishly say 
Dion McIntosh. So I, in the North, am wondering who is very underrated. Um, I think Devin Williams is underrated, but I, I mean, I think people still understand how good he is as a player, so I won't say him. I think that somebody that goes a little This is a tough one, the most underrated. I definitely think there are some good options, but overall, I think I'm going to go with I want to say, yeah, I'm going to go with Thule. Yeah, that's who I want to go with because mm-hmm. I've never really heard him get talked about that much, but in 2019, he was the highest-graded defensive tackle in the conference. Um, I know PFF kind of misses sometimes, but I watched and I saw that that was a pretty accurate one. Because I don't think that they like objectively lie, though. I think they have good reasoning for all of their grades. It might not be like the best and most accurate in terms of eye test, but like I don't think that they're like completely off. Yeah, um, but Thule was a force in 2019. I think he'll be a force in 2021. He wasn't really in 2020 good in 2020. He had a few plays in the backfield, but he was hurt. Yeah. Um, but I think this year he's really going to take off. And for underrated cool. in the South, this one, I believe, is a little bit easier for me. Um, because, do I want to say it? Say it. Yeah, um, um, I'm between two, but I'm going to go with Evan Fields. Okay. Um, I haven't really heard him getting any off-season hype for someone that ended the season so well. mm -hmm. Um, I know it was just one game, but it was actually like three games he played well in. Um, didn't really notice him much in the USC game, but the last three games he looked really solid. He was a good tackle, made some plays in coverage. I thought he was definitely a guy. Definitely, what about you? To- totally a guy. Um, in the Pac-12 South, I would probably say, in terms of underrated, I'll go with who do I want to ride with? I'm gonna go with Mr. UCLA, Jay Shaw. Jay Shaw started the season really well for UCLA. He was very, very good in the first two, three games for them. He kind of fell off. He wasn't as good in the last few weeks, but he had an interception against Arizona State. Um, Mr. UCLA. Mr. UCLA. He made a few plays against USC. Um, I think he's going to be the best player in the secondary this season. And I think he'll, I think he'll definitely uh, break out this season. So I'll, I'll say Jay Shaw is my underrated pick. Top player at each position. Um, was another question. That's gonna. That's a long question. That's a multiple part question. So I think we can save that for a separate episode. I think that's a good episode idea. Um, Pac-12 bias asks, how far can Anthony Brown lead the Ducks? Uh, Pac-12 North Championship. I think that's the like. Mm. Pac-12 Championship. I think is their like like peak. Honestly. Yeah, I don't think they would win any type of Rose Bowl though. 
No. So I would say Pac-12 championship. Um, Oregon Athletics asked best wide receiver in the pack. Selfishly, I want to go with Trevor Harris. Um, or I'm probably going to go with uh, Devin Williams. I really like Devin Williams. He is really, really good. He's big. I'm not going to go strong. with him until he actually is the best receiver in the Pac-12 production. Nice. Okay, so I'm going to stick with Travell Harris then. If, that, if that's your metric, I'm going with Travell Harris. I'm going to go with... Kind of put myself in a hole here with that production thing. I can't choose Rome anymore. There we go. You've got Travell Harris now, right? Yep. All right. There we go. Fine. Let's go. All right, moving forward. Uh, Jax asked... WSU, that's uh, not a question. He says WSU is one of the Pac-12 North. I agree with you, baby. Let's go. Um, yep. A player with no hype right now that you think will be a household name after this year. That's an excellent Tom question. Hampton. Dom Hampton is Clamp's answer. Um, I want to go with the WSU player. Um, Dom no Hampton. Hype right now. Dom Hampton is Clamp's answer. Um, <laughs> you've, you've told me this multiple times. Um, <laughs> for me, it. It'll be Brendan Jackson, I think. He gets a, he gets a, he like acknowledged here and there. He was a um, Pac-12 fourth team preseason pick for Athlon Sports, but I really don't think that people really understand how good he is. He's really strong. He's really athletic. Um, he's made he's made some really nice plays this time in WSU, and I think he's really capable of putting it all together this season. So my pick will be Brendan Jackson. Yeah, but he's and not like it, a nobody. Dom Hampton before this year was a nobody. He's gonna. Get- you want me to pick a nobody, like somebody that like nobody. Well, somebody that's making Pac-12 preseason teams is at least a somebody. Okay, they're not that's that doesn't fair. mean household name, but they're at least a somebody. Well, Travian Brown then for Washington State. He didn't make any Pac-12 preseason teams. It was really good. He's gonna, he's gonna be a somebody. He's gonna be somebody. No, he's going to be an elite somebody. A household name, all Pac-12 type talent. He is an athlete, dude. He's an athlete. He makes some incredible plays for us. I think if he can improve in coverage a little bit, and he can like get some sack numbers up, um, I think I think he'll be an incredible player. Yeah, so my pick will be Travion Brown. Clamp, do you have any questions for us? Yeah. Um. Another one that kind of looked like an episode idea. Um. Biggest question mark for each team. Okay, we can answer that one uh, another time. But for a really quick pick, I would say UCLA and DTR. <laughs> like, I think that's like the easiest pick. Um, so, yeah, I think UCLA season resides on DTR. But that can definitely be a good episode idea. Yeah. All right, any other ones? Any other questions for us? Is a burger a sandwich? No. It's a burger. I disagree. I, I it's, mean, shit. It's, it's schmeat in between two breaded buns. That's a fucking sandwich. But it's a burger. Like, okay, yeah, sure. It's a sandwich. Okay. That's Burgers or hot dogs? Burgers or hot dogs? Yeah. Burgers. Do you disagree no, with me? No. If, you went, if you went with hot dogs, I would like end the episode right now. We would never. Come yeah, back. I'm going burgers, bro. Okay, cool. Is that, um, is that it? Is that all? 
Um. <laughs> what, okay, so. what, what's, what's green and red all over? I don't know what. Frog in a blender. <laughs> that was fun, man. I enjoyed it. You're, you ready to wrap it up? Yes. Right, cool. Uh, <laughs> that was fun. We'll see y'all next time. Uh, thanks for listening. Peace. See ya.